This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini. And as I had promised last week, that this week I would have a very special guest with me on the podcast. And indeed, I do. It is someone I know very well. As a matter of fact, I've been married to him for almost 37 years. And uh, right now, I am going to introduce to to you my husband, Deacon John Bartolini. Welcome. Thank you for that warm welcome, Deanna Bartolini. Um, I don't think I've ever been a special guest anywhere, but... um, 37 years, wow, that's that's a big number, and I'm a numbers kind of guy because I'm a math teacher. Um, how's it going with you? It's going great, but you know, we're not going to talk about the fact that we've been married a long time or the fact that you're a math teacher, though you are pretty darn good at that. What we're going to talk about is the fact that you are a deacon, And I thought it would be really interesting to share with the listeners how you came to become a deacon. So, Deacon John, how did you become a deacon? Well, the Holy Spirit actually asked me, well, no, he didn't ask me. He told me he wanted me to become a deacon. It all started one night. Um, 2009, I was at a uh, teaching mass at my parish, sitting in the chapel with a bunch of other people. And I was sitting in the back of the chapel, as most good Catholics do, and um, there was no one sitting behind me. There was no one sitting close enough on my left or my right, or even in front of me. But sometime during the teaching mass, this voice came inside my head, and said, I want you to become a deacon. And this, of course, surprised me. Uh, I looked around to see if maybe someone was sitting near me and moved in behind me or something. But um, there was no one there. And then I realized the voice didn't come from outside of my body. The voice didn't go through my ears into my head. It was just in my head. And um, I was like, whoa. I can't ignore this. So I got home after the teaching mass and checked out our diocesan website to see how to become a deacon. And there were a couple of requirements. One was something like an 18 or 19 page form I had to fill out. You know, of course, you had to get permission or um, from, from your pastor and we also had to get a um, transcript from your college because depending on whether you had a college degree or not, uh, determine whether um, you had to get a master's degree in seminary or if you would just go for a certificate. So I, I did have college uh, degree, and it was going to take quite some time, I thought, to get the transcript and the due date, if I remember correctly, was like in four or five days from when this happened. And I was thinking, um, I'll probably put this off for a year. Because even though I I hesitate 
to uh, say that I'm a procrastinator, um, I figured, well, if I can't do it now, I'll just wait. And um, it was a couple weeks later, I was driving, and I heard the same voice again. And it said, I want you to work for me. Well, at the time, I was an unemployed math teacher, and I thought, well, well, maybe God is a job for me, you know, hopefully in a Catholic school teaching math. That would be really cool. Um, but there really wasn't anything available at that time. So once again, I just kind of let it go until a little bit later, I um, was talking to one of the deacons at my parish, and, and I told him about this, and I really hadn't told anybody else but my wife up until this point. And he said, well, why don't you discern about it? And I'm thinking, okay, the word discern means like, you know, slowly think about things and see what comes to mind. And I'm thinking, I don't think I have to discern anything. I mean, the Holy Spirit said to become a deacon. There wasn't any question about that. So, all right, so I was discerning a little bit. And um, this deacon had suggested that I speak to the deacon in charge of the program in our diocese. So I had the opportunity to um, go meet with him. And, you know, I told him my story about the Holy Spirit um, speaking to me. And, and he said, um, oh, well, then you could fill out an application. Now, this is three or four months after what I thought the deadline had passed. And I was like, whoa. He said, well, maybe there's a chance. So I just like very quickly um, went through the process of getting all the paperwork done and mailed away for uh, transcripts and everything. And um, before school was actually going to start, um, I got a letter saying that, you know, I was uh, conditionally approved for the diocesan um, formation program for the for for the diaconate and um, so we went from there there was a uh, weekend retreat that we were invited to go to again conditionally and we went on that and then I had a a, a fellow um, friend at the parish who kind of felt the, a calling to the diaconate and he, he went through the same process and you know lo and behold we we both started the program at the same time which was really nice and actually the morning of the weekend retreat he got his letter saying yeah come to the retreat uh, you know as a conditional candidate so that was pretty cool so why is it that you were only conditionally accepted. Do you remember that? Well, you know, there's a very long process to go through, um, including, we'll call it five years of schooling, because, um, like I said earlier, if you had a college degree, they were looking for you to go through the um, master's program at the uh, local seminary, which luckily for me was only about 40 minutes from my house and only 10 minutes from where I worked, which turned out to be pretty good for the um, weekday classes. But so over five years, um, we went to school uh, over two semesters a year. 
we went every Wednesday night for a three-hour class, and then one weekend a month where we took two separate classes, and that, that covered actually two semesters. So, so we had four classes in each school year. So by the time we um, graduated, uh, we had 16 courses of um, work at the seminary. And it was quite an experience, um, more, more so in the, the dorms and stuff. Um, th- that was quite an interesting experience where we first started uh, rooming with some other guy and then and um, just the, you know, the com- camaraderie and hanging out together of the guys outside of class. And the classes were good. I mean, all the teachers were teachers there at the seminary, really, really smart people, way smarter than me ever. And um, it was just, you know, a good place to be, you know, a good good grounds on, on the um, campus. So another another thought I had as I'm listening to you talk, my – dear deacon husband. Um, so conditionally, there was another condition. This is an interesting one that wives, we had to give permission for our husbands to be in the program. And every time they went through another step uh, in the ordinate toward ordination, rather, we had to give permission. And even before they were actually ordained, we also had to write a letter to the bishop. It was very short. It was a very simple one paragraph kind of a letter saying that we were in in accord with our husbands uh, going ahead and being ordained to the diaconate. Now, just to put a fine point on this, but a very important one, in the Catholic Church, there are two types of deacons. There are transitional deacons and permanent deacons. Transitional deacons are temporary. So a man who is studying to become a priest, the usually a year or so before he is ordained a priest, he will be ordained a deacon, and he is in transition. So he is a transitional deacon with the idea that it's a stopping point until he becomes a priest. With married men, because the church does allow, obviously, married men to become deacons, once they ordained a deacon, it is considered permanent deacon. So uh, it's not, he's not, my husband's never going to become a priest. He is uh, not going to leave me and become a priest. Um, he is, uh, his ordination is to the permanent diaconate. And so that is a, a fine point, but again, a very important one that there are transitional and then permanent deacons. So as a permanent deacon, Deacon John, what is your favorite part of ministry? Favorite part of ministry? Um, even though I am considered to be an introvert, and um, which is kind of weird because I stand up in front of a classroom all the time, teach math to my students, but I, I generally don't like speaking you know, in front of people especially large groups of people like you would see in church. But probably the, the most rewarding part of being a deacon is, is having um, or giving 
homilies after reading the gospel. And, you know, I think deacons bring, you know, a little different point of view to the readings, maybe so from, from priests. And, um, I mean, I would contribute that to, you know, just being out in the working world, meeting a lot of different people, um, of course, having a spouse and children, you know, kind of just shape your thinking a little bit differently, maybe. And, you know, just being able to to put that into words, you know, trying to uh, explain for today how to to live the gospel that, that we are um, preaching at Mass. That's really cool. So speaking of children, we have two. They're both married. They're, they both have children. What do you think, in terms of your diaconate, has been the most special thing you've been able to do in regard to our children? Talk about a lead-in. Well, um, you know, when our children were baptized, I was not a deacon. Um, actually, I'll be a deacon five years in four more days, I think. Five more days. I'll be celebrating my fifth anniversary as a deacon. So I've had the the um, blessed honor of baptizing all, th- all three of my grandchildren, which was really, really special. Um, and hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll think the same when they get old enough to realize that uh, some people, you know, don't call me grandpa, but some people call me deacon, especially around church. Well, some people do. That's true. Only some people call him deacon. Lots of times he gets called father, though he clearly is not the priest. So there you have it. Uh, The story of how Deacon John was called to the diaconate. And I really will challenge all of us to think about how does God call us? That really was the point of asking my husband to come and talk for a little bit. So how does God call us? Sometimes it is a voice that you hear. Sometimes it is people in need. Sometimes it is other people who reach out to you and you realize that helping them is very fulfilling to you. So for our Not Lukewarm Challenge this week, the challenge is I'm going to ask you to thank a deacon who is in your life. And if you don't know a deacon, then by all means, please thank your pastor, your priest. If you know a sister, then go ahead and thank those folks for their vocation, for their saying yes to God, for their answering the call of the Spirit. And I also want to thank my husband, though he's here all the time. I usually put a note on my door that says, recording, do not enter, please. Uh, But today I let him in the office while I was recording, and I'm very grateful for him that he is here And that not only did he say yes five years ago, no more than five years ago, 10 years ago, to becoming a deacon, all those years ago that he said yes to somehow the prompting of someone to go ahead and ask me to marry him. So 
I am blessed on many levels to have him as my spouse, as my very wonderful husband. So thank you for being with us and have an awesome week. Thank you, Deanna, for having me. It has been a pleasure. All right. Thank you all. I will talk to you all soon. God bless you. Until next week then. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.